It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to take your questions in segments two and three, and as always, get you caught up on news, notes, and mostly injury stuff, because that is the significant in-week news to talk about for the Bengals, unless they make a trade, and then that's the whole show. But today, there is no trade. In fact, last week, Zach Taylor, as we talked about, shut down. AJ Green trade rumors. So today we focus again on injuries. AJ Green didn't come back to practice today, but he's not been ruled out for the week. However, in a surprising and unexpected turn of events, Cordy Glenn returned to practice and was a full participant. There's some video out there on Twitter. You can go look it up. Cordy Glenn in full pads going through a full practice on a Wednesday. That means it's a full contact practice. But the rest of the Bengals injury report, much more bleak. Ryan Glasgow, Sean Williams, still limited with those thigh, knee injuries, whatever they are. Andre Smith, John Miller didn't practice with an ankle and groin injury, respectively. Carl Lawson back to a do not practice with a hamstring injury. Jay Kirkpatrick, William Jackson already declared out for the week. And Carlos Dunlap didn't practice with a knee injury. So just a lot of starters that haven't been able to practice yet. But Cordy Glenn, that's big news, right, Joe? That's huge news. I mean, the Bengals are pretty much playing their fourth guy at left tackle this year. And John Jerry, when healthy, Cordy Glenn is a decent starting left tackle in this league. And I don't know where his conditioning is now after two months of being out on the concussion protocol. But just having him back, even if he's partially there, should be an upgrade for the Bengals. And I'm personally excited for reporters to finally be able to ask him questions. We just saw great journalism done when Darius Leonard missed a long time with a concussion for the Colts. The athletic reporter on the Colts produced an excellent look into what that injury was like for Darius Leonard, what he went through. And I think often as fans, we don't really realize how severe it is to go through a concussion. You hear about it from time to time. We all saw the concussion documentary or Will Smith's movie on concussions in the NFL. So we know what the long-term effects are. But just hearing what some of these players have to deal with on a week-to-week basis, it's just amazing how bad it can be. And you understand why the NFL has a prize out right now for anyone who can come up with a safer helmet. I want to come up with a safe helmet. We should have a Locked On Bengals safe helmet competition. 
we won't be able to offer a better reward than the NFL is offering, which I believe is a $100,000 prize. But maybe you'll get a free t-shirt to go with your $100,000 if you come up with a way to protect NFL players' heads. But we should market those helmets only for Bengals players. We can only say Bengals players' health. That would be uh, That's where the money is there, Jake. But anyways, let's move on to more news. A.J. Green, although it sounds like he's getting closer, he did not practice today. I'm getting the feeling it could be another week uh, as he hasn't practiced all of this year. I, I'd assume they'd want to see him for a full week before playing him, but maybe that's an old Marvin Lewis thing that, for me to feel that way. The other one is Darquez Denard with the injuries at corner. They had up to six weeks to decide on what to do with him, but he's activated. He's cleared. He is practicing. He is not on the active roster yet, though. They have 21 days to decide that now. And from there, I expect him to not only be activated sometime Friday or Saturday, but potentially start this Sunday. Yeah, and we talked about this on the Lockdown Bengals podcast back around the time of roster cuts. Paul Daner talked about it on his podcast on The Athletic and wrote about it for The Athletic. Darquez Denard was probably ready to go a while ago. So it's no surprise that he was back and a full participant in practice today. Daner said on Twitter when I talked to him that that Denard came off the field joking, laughing, having a good time. Looked like he was really excited to be back and playing football. So it's really encouraging to hear that from an eyewitness who was at Paul Brown Stadium today. And I would be surprised with the state of the Bengals cornerbacks. Denard isn't activated this week. The tricky thing there is they will need to make a corresponding roster move to free up a roster spot to get Denard onto the roster. Out of the guys that are hurt right now, we've been led to believe that none of these are severe enough injuries to be IR worthy. So this could be the end of Samaj P. Ryan's time in Cincinnati, or they could find another player to cut. But that is the most obvious candidate for me with Travion Williams now healthy. I also think maybe it could be Seaton Carter as they're keeping a fourth tight end right now and not really even using the top three guys they have. And then I have to wonder if Jake Dolagala is getting closer to uh, being the last man off this roster or the first man, however that goes. I look on the other side this week for the Jaguars and they look pretty healthy. It's just Nick Foles. And yeah, they traded away Jalen Ramsey. So we'll have to see how that affects them. But overall, this team is pretty healthy. If not, still a bad football team. This week, it's Minshew Mania against the Cincinnati Bengals, while the Bengals are still looking for their first win. And the last note that I'll throw in there is Seathan Carter was instrumental on Brandon Wilson's kickoff return touchdown and has been generally an active special teamer for the Bengals. So I wonder if that is enough to keep him on the team. We'll probably find out soon enough, maybe even tomorrow, as the Bengals figure out what they're going to do with their roster to prepare for Jacksonville. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, Jake, I see your team is spiraling out of control here as you're now ninth place in our Locked On Bengals Fantasy League. And I see, oh, Logie's down there too, number 10. But, I man, is anybody going to catch MB Cup runneth over here? He's got about 100, 200 on some of us points. And I, you know, this league has just taken a turn for what I did not expect in terms of, I, I was like, let's make this different. 20 teams, 
open scoring, so it's season long scoring. Should make it fun to the to the end. But now we're six weeks in, and I'm looking at it like maybe it's not going to be close at all unless MB gets some injuries here as the number one team. I just think I would do not only the scoring a little bit differently, but I would knowing now I would draft way differently. I would draft way differently too. So you know when MB Cup runneth over won this league, Joe? It was in the ninth round when he picked the New England Patriots defense. One pick after SAFC Bengals picked the Dallas defense. Ooh. Where's SAFC? 14th. Yeah. The, the first defense drafted? Well, a couple rounds earlier, at least, Baltimore's defense went round seven, pick four. That pick has to hurt in retrospect. Jacksonville's defense went in the fifth round. And that's a good idea in this league. Didn't work out. Los Angeles Rams, fourth round. That was our earliest defense. So some of these guys looked at our scoring system and said, oh, those defenses are going to score some points. But it wasn't the first defense. It was the ninth round pick of the New England Patriots. And he had a generally good draft, right? Like he he got Christian McCaffrey with the third overall pick, comes back in the second round, gets to Sean Watson, third round Cooper Cup. Those are game yeah. winning, league winning picks for him right now. But I'm just looking at my strategy and I picked Kelsey in the first round because I'm thinking, Kelsey's a first-round tight end. Sure, that should be a big enough gap. But not only has Kelsey not performed this year, but tight ends are just not league winners in this format where you want guys that are going off in bursts and the, the half PPR doesn't really matter at all. You want the guys that are going off for 200 yards every now and then because a single 200-yard game is worth so much more than you know two 100-yard games. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about was, uh, you know, how the accumulative scoring for the season kind of works, where Stefan Diggs for me all year is getting me about like six, seven, eight points a week. And then last week drops 35 on me, which I will take. And it kind of helps outweigh those bad weeks instead of those, uh, you know, lending to being a loss for the first five weeks. And then, oh, great, now you do something. It's more like, okay, now you're evened out. You're back as a top 15 receiver right now. Uh, Let's move forward and hopefully. He scores. So it, it kind of makes it interesting. I hope, you know, and we're only six weeks in, so I hope this gap doesn't continue to grow with the number one guy. This is our shout out to the Fantasy League here, if you haven't noticed. We're two minutes into this. But yeah, MB is just killing us all. I just think that 20 teams is way too many. There is literally nothing on the waivers week after week. The waiver claim that I won this week was Mark Walton. <laughs> I mean, come on. I put three waiver claims in and I won my third. Mark Walton, that's not going to change this league. The previous guys I put waiver claims on are guys like Deontay Johnson and and Vance McDonald. And this week, also, five people, I think, have waiver claims on Deshaun Jackson coming back from his injury. It's just, 20 teams is too many. There's, There's no way to change your team from the draft. And if you get bad injuries or somebody else drafts New England's defense in this case, which is scoring like 100 more points in the next defense, well, you're shit out of luck. Anyway, we have some questions to get to, don't we? We do, and uh, I'm still winning this league. Jake's just mad because he's falling down there. Anyways, first question. You have from no Queen. chance. <laughs> Neither of us have a chance. Get over it. Always Let's take got questions. A chance. I'm in the game. Queen City fan, first question. He says, we have two great pass-catching backs. We have no run game. Our wide receivers are injured. Our quarterback is always under pressure. Our pets' heads are falling off. So why do we not throw it to our backs like every other team in the league? They tried a little bit early in the season, and Andy Dalton got some passes batted down. So that's, that's part true. of it. 
their screen game has been garbage. And I mean that in terms of probably both design and execution. They've had a couple of really nice screens, but they're not even getting like five yards on screens. They're either getting blown up or Dalton's having to throw it into the ground because it seems like the design of their screen game is I'm going to let guys go. I'm not even going to try to slow them down on their way to the quarterback. And on top of that, why aren't they throwing to the backs in the flat or on the little hook underneath the cover two just for the three, four yards on your checkdowns? Well, it's because they're keeping them in the block because the offensive line, as you mentioned, uh, can't block. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I watch other teams on the league that, like the Cardinals take, for example, right? They have a bad offensive line. It's a bottom five unit just like the Bengals are. But they are constantly throwing to the running backs. They only have Fitzgerald like the Bengals only have Boyd right now. Yet their their backs are getting carries. They're getting out in space. But they're going more five wide, empty set, letting, letting these guys run routes. And that keeps the defense from being able to blitz you or load up the box and rush you. I think what they're doing right now with a limited supporting cast is makes more sense than what the Bengals are trying to do, which is still run their Ram-style offense, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, outside zone, wide zone, uh, and run it off play action if they can. And it doesn't work if the running game is completely non-existent. And I know we've argued that you could still use it when the running game's bad. But when you're averaging one yard per carry, I imagine it doesn't work as effectively. And it doesn't work as well when the offensive line can't hold up for a little bit longer on these play action plays. So... Uh, I would like to see the Bengals do something a little bit differently. So I'm with you, Queen City. Uh, it's crazy that we haven't seen a vast adjustment on this offense yet. Especially early in games. You're getting it a little bit late. The other thing I just wanted to note, some of that Arizona success that you're talking about did come against the Bengals and the Falcons, who are two of the worst defenses in the league. Next question comes from Alex Smith at It's Alec. Honest, honest opinion on trading A.J. Green and what's the least the Bengals should take for him. You know, I, I favored this one because I got a question earlier today that said, would you take a third? And I would take a third if I couldn't extend A.J. Green. This is a very, like, short window crunch time here. Not only do I want to see him healthy, say I'm the GM of the team. All right, Green, are you healthy? Number one. Number two, can we assign you to an, to an extension that's not going to, you know, kill us to the point where we don't feel like we're getting any type of value? And then number three, what are teams offering? Because if you can ex- extend him, and teams aren't offering anything, then fine. He's your Larry Fitzgerald, and he's going to be our guy to help you know, rear this new quarterback we're going to draft. If we can't extend him, and someone's offering a third-round pick, and you feel like the best you're going to do is a 2021 third-round compensatory pick that's basically a fourth-round pick, well, then, yeah, someone wants to offer me a third, fine. I'll take what I can get for assets that right now uh, I could use to rebuild this team. I think you pretty well covered it, right? If they can't extend him, then sure, trade him because it accelerates the third round pick. And ideally, trade him to someone who's kind of a fringe playoff team, maybe, that thinks he's going to get them over the hump. And I don't know who that team is right now because it's probably your contenders like New England and Green Bay. And I don't know how good Green Bay actually is despite their record, but it's those kinds of teams that would be interested in A.J. Green. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough to get a high third, but hey, 32nd in the third round is better than 33rd in the third round. So, you know, and it's, and it's this year instead of next year. So I, exactly. I'm with you all the way. All right. Next question is from DD Merritt. And I assume he's saying it like this. Really? Is there hope with the organizational structure, philosophies, and inept history, 13 winning seasons in 51 years? Is there any hope? 
I am the wrong person to ask this question to if you're looking for me to give you a reason to keep believing. Um, yeah. Uh, Joe, do you have some positive? Yeah. So, I mean, we looked last week. We tried to come up with a core of five guys that we felt good about building the future around. Couldn't really. We, we did it. It was hard. It was harder than it should have been. It shouldn't be hard for you to look at a team and say, here's five young guys. And then I go and look at, and I look at the Bengals staff. And I see, oh, there's those two scouts and there's those two scouting directors and Duke Tobin. There's their five-man personnel department. And I just think they're not going to change their approach to free agency. They've got the same small scouting department handcuffing them in the draft preparation. They've been terrible at self-scouting for the last three years. They haven't been retaining players they need to retain. Is there hope, Joe? What, where, where are we going here? Bad franchises seem to turn it around because they get lucky or a new owner comes in or they draft the right quarterback or they win the lottery ticket at head coach and they have to get the next big thing. There's a lot of bad. I mean, the Colts are a bad franchise. That's the closest team. And they're a joke when they don't have a franchise quarterback, but they have a GM that seems to know what he's doing now. And they have a front office that works. I mean, they have a GM because they are willing to have a GM. So that's an hindrance to the Bengals, right? They're, We've got questions on Duke Tobin and, and the GM role and all that coming up. But the the idea that the if they get a new owner, which we're on the brink any time now. I mean, old people die. That's what they do. Not wishing that. I'm just saying, you know, if, once you get into the 80s, it happens. So and the other part is they could be picking top two, if not one. And there's your other lottery ticket. They tried with a young head head coach maybe it'll work as right now they're 0-6 but so we don't know I mean these are the paths to turning around a bum franchise the Patriots were a joke until all of a sudden Robert Kraft and then Belichick and they luck into Brady and it's a perfect mix now they can't be stopped it it can get turned around and it, it happens when you least expect it I think but is there hope for new ownership why do we have any reason to believe that if Mike Brown dies and again not wishing anything ill for Mike Brown but when Mike Brown moves on, why wouldn't it just go? Maybe he retires instead, right? Let's, let's right. go a little bit less morbid. Maybe he retires. He's just going to hand the business to his kids, and his kids are already pretty involved. When I was at Paul Brown Stadium, actually, I saw Katie, Paul Jr., and, and Mike, Mike Brown, and I talked to him for a little bit. And I just, I mean, it was a two-minute conversation, so obviously I don't know if they're going to run the organization any differently, but... Katie asked me, what can we do to get you guys to say nicer things about us? I don't know if I should be repeating this or not. And what'd but, you say? Well, I told her, just be more open with us. Talk to us. Bring us in the loop. Treat us with respect, and then we're going to give you fair coverage. And this is a great example of that, right? I, you, you let us come in here. You let us talk to players. You're letting us talk to the coach. You're talking to us. This is great. This is exactly what we want. That's all I told her. Hmm. Yeah, because she's asking specifically about the blogs, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I would say, you know, it, yeah, it's it's not so much a trade type thing where, oh, we'll be nicer if you are nicer back. It's more of you may have more of an understanding of what their decisions are if they explain their decisions once in a while. Well, being they almost able to, never do. It's just being able to ask the questions. Right. So sure. you're not guessing. When we talk about the Bengals, a lot of times we're operating second. Well, almost all the time outside of random DMs. We're operating off of secondhand information, sure. right? So we're reading between the lines. We've gotten pretty good at it. You are, in particular, pretty good, especially around the draft, at nailing who you think they're looking at in the draft. So 
we've gotten pretty good at reading between the lines with this team and understanding what's going on. But if we could just ask the questions, right. then you're, you're not getting the conjecture anymore, right? We're not going to amplify AJ Green trade rumors if we can talk to you and you can say, yeah, no, we're not going to trade AJ Green. There's no way we're going to so extend him. And same for John Ross or, or you know, who they're starting right. on the offensive line. It just kills conjecture. Right. And so her asking the question and being more open and and being open to the idea of changing, even if it's a small thing like that that doesn't actually affect on field, maybe that gives you hope that there is change on the horizon or at least the open-mindedness to improve. That's a good point. And I think that is the hope. And the Bengals, to their credit, have been great working with us this year. Not to make this about us. It's not about us. It's about the organization. But they have been great working with us this year. Well, I've got one more real quick from Zachary Innsprucker, and he asks you, kayaking or canoeing? And will Geno Atkins get more than three sacks this year? I'll say yes. I'll say yes to Geno getting sacks, and for me, kayaking easily. I live right beside the ocean and uh, really like kayaking on the ocean. It's really fun. All right, we've got more questions to get to. We'll be there in just a second. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And jumping back into the questions from JoJo Jammer, who is a longtime question asker and listener to the podcast at Win One Super Bowl. And that's probably why I like him. But do you think, once again... Mike Brown will use the injury excuse to bring back the majority of the coaches next year. I can't see the DC and his coaches returning, nor the O-line coach Turner. Yeah, I don't know. It's really hard for me to get a read on what he's going to do because it's been so long since we had a first-time head coach in Cincinnati. We have no idea what kind of leash he's going to give with Marvin Lewis. They established some trust and a ton of leash, but that was only after Marvin Lewis produced some results. Before Marvin Lewis, the Bengals were going through coaches every year for a while there. And, you know, they had interim coaches every year too. So are they going to go back to that way and keep going until they find somebody that works? Or are they going to keep Taylor at least and maybe 
if they're displeased with a few units, get rid of some position coaches? I think that's a really good question. But I, at this point, don't have a very good feeling on any of it. The one thing that we have talked about quite a bit is the connection to Bill Callahan on the offensive line. And if that was something that was in play last year, maybe Turner coaching a unit that isn't excelling, really isn't overachieving at any position, that would be the one that I think is the hottest seat. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they should make moves. I know it's one year, and I know it's hard to do that after just one season, but it's not unheard of. And you have to wonder if they don't make major sweeping changes or show the ability to uh, do the best to get the best out of the players that are underperforming. You know, even if one player, let's say like Geno Atkins, turns, turns it around this year and starts performing really well, or Carl Lawson, right? I would say, okay, maybe they have figured out how to use these guys. Uh, same on on the offensive side. Maybe all of a sudden Eifert starts getting used correctly and starts scoring and, and can play. And I'll say, okay, well, they figured out how to use Eifert, and he's lining up at receiver and doing different things that way. I, I want to see the progress from the coaches from this point. Yep, fair enough. Next question comes from Almighty Almack. How bad do you think the season has to get for the Bengals to bench Andy Dalton and see what one of these other quarterbacks has going forward? I personally think it would be pretty interesting to see one of the newbies in the toilet bowl week 16. And I think there's a better name for that bowl, but that's neither here nor there. The Tua Bowl, right? I mean, we're talking yeah. about that, right? Easy. Yeah. Okay. And Tua just represents a quarterback. It doesn't have to be Tua. I know not everyone loves uh, Tua. It might be. You, you know uh, how to say it, Jake. Go ahead. I do. Tua Taglo Viola. Nope, that's probably go. wrong. I think I have to read it. Anyway, it could be the Burrow Bowl, but either way, QB. It could be the Burrow Bowl. QB Bowl. QB Bowl. Yeah, the QB Bowl Week 16. Um, I don't even remember what the question was now. Oh, how? What, yeah, see Finley or maybe Dolagala. I think it's Finley. But uh, it would have to be like they're two and. 10 by that point right so let's say six more games they win to lose four more Dalton hasn't played well at all this is his worst career year statistically but this is also what he tends to look like without AJ Green so maybe things get a little bit fixed in the coming weeks especially with the the defenses coming up I mean the Rams haven't played well uh but Jalen Ramsey so we'll see uh at the same time I do feel like we could see those guys at some point before the end of the year I would love to see Ryan Finley play against the Miami Dolphins in Week 16. I would love to see Jake Dolagala play against the Miami Dolphins in Week 16. I don't really care. Where I start to care is when you say, let's see what Ryan Finley has before we go draft a quarterback with the first or second overall pick. Because when you start going there, these guys don't have it. This is an undrafted free agent quarterback and a fourth-round pick who has shown us time and time again he doesn't have the arm to be a long-time starter in the NFL. Right. He's just not and there he, yet. He's a fourth-round he, pick for a reason, guys. Talent-wise, you talk about taking a guy top two versus a fourth-round pick. It's not even on the same planet. And I know fourth-round picks sometimes pan out. I know sixth-round picks sometimes pan out. I know undrafted guys sometimes pan out. And sometimes first-round, first-overall picks don't pan out. I mean, a lot of times they don't. But you would still want to pick. So would you rather pick? 
the 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 uh, you know the bucket of gold that's got a million dollars in it, or pick the bucket of gold that is completely blank. You don't know what's in it. That's basically to me a fourth round pick. Whereas I'm going to take the one with the million dollars in it. That's the number one overall pick because you know that's at least a good shot right then and there. Uh, I think so. I don't know if that's a bad analogy or not, but to me, you don't mess around with that fourth round pick. You make the pick in the top five, and you don't look back. Yeah. I mean, Finley would have to go. Finley would have to come in this week if Andy Dalton somehow got hurt in practice or something. They would have to win ten in a row for me to consider not picking a quarterback. Well, if they win ten in a row, obviously they're not picking right. where you would pick a quarterback. Exactly, that's the point. They, Someone they, said that, and they asked if Finley starts and the and the Bengals end up with the top three pick. Are, and Finley plays well, are they going to take a quarterback? Well, if Finley plays well, they're probably not going to end up with a top three pick. Exactly. You know, so, yes, they would pick the quarterback still. Yeah. I mean, I think All right. so. Next question, then. Uh, this is from my guy Jared at Irish Football. He says, what do you guys do to get through the Bengals game? Is it Bleach, Jameson, Jim, Jack, Beer? What do you got there, Jake? Do you do, you do anything to get through the game? I laugh. I tweet. I, I, I tweet through it. I yeah. tweet through it. That's my that's my way to go. And I start getting ridiculous. The more ridiculous the game gets, the more like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna meme about this for the rest of the game. And I don't think people appreciate my humor, but uh, I think I'm really funny. So, <laughs> well, I think everybody does. Uh, not think that you're funny. I think that <laughs> I think everyone thinks they're funny. But uh, yeah, I I quickly devolve into that also where i'm like ah, i'm just making jokes now and i love when the next day or later in the game someone will send me a tweet that i sent from about 145 where i'm losing my mind as they're down 14 nothing already and they're like here look at this i'm like yeah i said that during the second quarter when everything was on fire and i'm not taking this seriously at all at this point i try to get a little more absurd with it but that's just my brand agreed Let's see, I got the next one. It's from Jackson, at Jackson Tyler on Twitter. What's Duke Tobin's credentials? And what's the chances of Fred Johnson as a future starter? This is the offensive lineman they just claimed on waivers and signed from Pittsburgh. Yeah, we talked about Fred Johnson when it was claimed. If you uh, didn't listen to that podcast, he's a big guy, strong guy. A lot of people liked him. Some didn't like him because he was too tall. At 6'7", I think he was nearly. Uh, And... The Steelers liked him. So, yeah, maybe there's a potential to start on a bad offensive line. Sure, we've started almost everyone on the – I mean, is there anyone on the team that hasn't started right now? No, all the offensive line is – especially if Cordy Glenn starts this week, that's it. Everyone has started. So, yeah, there's a chance Fred Johnson gets to that point. Um, at, at the same time, Duke Tobin's credentials, I mean, his father was a longtime scout and decision maker and, uh, you know, led the draft for – I think it was the Bears – and Duke's been around football his entire life. Jake, you've got can probably Google it faster and give a more accurate assessment. He was also a quarterback, is all I got. He played for the Orlando Predators in 1994 and the Memphis Pharaohs in 1995 before joining the Cincinnati Bengals in 1999 as an executive. Hmm. But his father, as you mentioned, Bill Tobin, and his uncle, Vince Tobin, have both worked around the NFL. He was an arena football quarterback, though. Interesting. All right, I got the next one. It's from Mark A. Tauby. I'm going to go with Jake. Is there a God? No. Next question. It's from Far Less Dubious. If a contender's quarterback goes down, is there any chance they could deal Dalton 
for a second or third or whatever? Uh, sure. What team is going to want him, though, is my question. I so I just struggle to think of a contender that could use his services. Right. Like LA? Chase Daniels goes in for – right, sure, because he would probably know the offense. But Chase Daniel, right, is a backup for uh, Trubisky. He goes in and, I mean, they probably feel he's as good as Dalton is. I don't, uh, I, yeah. I don't want to undersell Dalton, but he's not playing well, guys. And so I'm sure, like, the Saints, Teddy Bridgewater, I bet they feel much better about Bridgewater, who just went 4-0 without Drew Brees. They'd probably feel great about it. So I don't know which team. You'd have to, like, look at their backups, not their starters, and say, do they feel that much worse about their backup than they do Andy Dalton? Like, if the if the Bills lose Josh Allen, I bet they feel just as good about Matt Barkley. I know it sounds crazy, but... Dalton's not special, and he makes a lot of money. So eating that right now, halfway through the year, would only apply to a, a certain amount of teams. Yeah, I would say it would really be L.A., but I don't know if they have the the cap rate to handle space, it. Right? Yeah. That's a good point. Our next question comes from Andrew at Andrew88G. Would you take Jay Gruden back? As he says offensive coordinator, but somebody DM me and asked as head coach. What do you think, Joe? I like Jay. I I think he's got a decent coaching tree already. I mean, Sean McVay came from under Jay Gruden. He runs a lot of the same stuff. He helped Andy Dalton a lot. He got a rookie quarterback to play well year one, a second rounder. That's crazy. Uh, I think Jay Gruden will probably be a good offensive coordinator somewhere. He actually hasn't, besides the Bengals, hasn't had that chance elsewhere. I'd like to see him go somewhere and, and get that opportunity. I would like to see Jay Gruden in a functional organization. He's been a coach for Mike Brown and for Dan Snyder. Yikes. It doesn't get much worse than that. I mean, if he goes to Miami next, I just feel for the guy. I mean, you got to start making better choices than Jay. But, yeah, sure, I take him back as an offensive coordinator in in a sense. But in another sense, I I still want new stuff. I'm sick of them doing what's familiar. And this coaching staff has done more of the same. And we're seeing more of that from this front office just – Year after year, it's the same stuff, and I just want something different. What I really want is a new owner who's going to overhaul the structure of the team. That's it. Yeah. I agree. One more question here, Joe. Well, I got a short one here from Canadian Bengals fan, and he asks, Pop-Tart or Toaster Strudels? Pop-Tarts for ease of use. But I remember, I haven't had a Toaster Strudel since I was a kid, but that frosting that you put on it is delicious. Oh, yeah. And my kids eat them all the time. I eat them. Toaster Strudels are better, hands down. Yeah. But you need time, you need surface area, you've got to have something to put that frosting on, you know, so I can't just do it on the run in my car, or a Pop-Tart, I can eat cold and just go ahead and eat it. But I did hear someone, it was a friend of mine, said a frozen toaster strudel or just cold is fantastic also. Interesting. So next question, and our final question, would you rather have Cordy Glenn be the plan for left tackle next year and have Devin Bush? So let's say somehow Bush ended up there, and I don't know if you saw the game versus the Chargers where Bush, did he have a fumble recovery for a touchdown or was it an interception for a touchdown? But he made two plays, two huge plays. And uh, so would you rather have Bush and Glenn or say I'll take Jonah and figure out what Glenn can do or if he can be on the team? The linebackers have been so bad. Yeah. The left tackles have been so bad. Mm -hmm. There are no linebackers in this year's draft that the Bengals are going to consider unless they somehow end up picking in the teens. Right. Ugh, there's so many offensive linemen in this draft. I guess I would yeah. rather have Devin Bush. 
he's playing well in terms of making splash plays and running around and being fast and physical. That's all we really want. But Jonah hasn't played either, so this isn't really right. fair. Right. I mean, I guess this is saying would you rather have Cordy, right? But like, but Jonah that's Williams part of could the evaluation. Be world. But Jonah's out. That's part of the that's part of the yeah. trade. Is like ah, we at least miss eight games or so. It could be 12, 14 games of Jonah. But it's, say he comes in and he was just as good as Devin Bush, and we'd say yeah, give me the left tackle over a linebacker in the yep. top ten. Are you crazy? Yep. Easy. But but given the way it's gone. And and just thinking about next year's draft class, because there's maybe there there's one for sure first round tack uh, linebacker prospect. He goes to Clemson. He's a safety linebacker hybrid. And then there's a couple other guys that are kind of sneaking into the conversation. But I think there might be one or two guys right now that are universally considered as potential first round linebackers. A lot of offensive tackle talent in this year's draft coming out, especially at the top end. So when you consider yeah. that. And the fact that the Bengals were likely picking top five, then they could have Devin Bush, they could have Cordy Glenn, and then they could have, you know, if they're not taking a quarterback, then they then they could take a tackle. I don't know. Sure. Right. No, I, I get the logic on that. And uh, just uh, to end this, though, someone asked if who would have the first pick if both teams end up winless out of the Dolphins and Bengals. Do you have Tankathon up? I, I believe strength of schedule goes in favor of the Dolphins. It does, for sure. And it, yeah. it, it's not particularly close right now. Right, yeah, that's by almost like a hundredth, right, yeah. of a difference. The yeah. Bengals have played the, what, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, the 4-2 and two Ravens, the 4-1 five, five, Seahawks. Yeah. The Bills, only bad team they've played. Yeah, the only bad team they've played is Pittsburgh. Right, and so if you're wondering, the team with the easier schedule and still ended up going winless or or whatever the record is, that obviously should be the worst team. They had the easier schedule, so that it goes to them. What we were rooting for really was Washington and Miami tying last week, and Miami avoided that possibility by going for two. That's going to do it for the Locked On Bengals podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow with a little bit of a game preview for the Jacksonville Jaguars game, which doesn't have Jalen Ramsey. We'll see if it'll have A.J. Green. We'll see if there's any cause for fireworks. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.